attention to a passage, 2 Timothy. It's a book that Paul wrote to Timothy in uh, chapter 2 and verses 8 to 13 tonight. just want to draw your attention just for a short time to this passage. been inspired by a couple thoughts particularly here, but let's read the passage. It just says, starting in verse 8, um, it says, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8, Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descending from David. And Paul says, this is my gospel. And then he says, for which I'm suffering. Uh, um, even uh, as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. That's good news, isn't it? Therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect. That's us that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. For This is a faithful saying. For if, he died with, if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we reign, uh, sorry, if we endure, we shall also what? Reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Thank you very much, Star. We appreciate that. Um, I want to draw your attention to just uh, two words there. It just talks about, in that passage, it says, if we endure, we will also what? Reign. This is what I say. If we endure, we shall also reign. I think we nearly, we're going to be about 50%. If we endure, we shall also reign. Yeah, we're there now. Um, you know, and when you think of endurance, you just think of the dynamics of endurance for a moment. Endurance is not a moment. It's not an event. Would you agree? It's a process. Endurance, endurance is not just it's one thing. It's, a, it's, it's just something that all of a sudden happens. It's not like endurance is not, you know, one day all of a sudden you have um, you got endurance. Endurance is something that takes up time. And it, it's not like, um, you know, you, all of a sudden you all of a sudden get an incredible inheritance of $100,000 and say, wow. You know, endurance isn't that. Endurance is you working for your life, lifetime and, and gaining that $100,000, you know? And so uh, endurance sometimes, the word endurance, it means to carry on despite the hardship or to carry on through, to carry on through. And uh, it's a biblical word. And, it, you know, endurance means to carry on through despite the fact that sometimes things happen that we don't enjoy. Isn't that true? Endurance is to carry on even though sometimes we, don't, we, we got hurt or despite the fact that we ran out of money or despite the fact that, something, that somebody said something nasty or despite the fact that my prayer didn't get answered straight away or despite the fact that I got sick when I thought I shouldn't get sick or I should have got better quicker, despite a lot of things that happened, endurance is, is, is those things um, that we keep on going despite the fact of certain things that happen in life. And there's not probably one person here tonight that couldn't identify with that because we all have things that we've had to come through, all things we've faced. And the reality is, is that it hasn't been nice or it hasn't been pleasant. But, you know, here we see the word that um, Paul says to Timothy. Do you know he says, if you endure with me, you will reign. In other words, while there's an enduring in your life, there's going to come a moment when there's going to be the breakthrough, the reigning moment, isn't that? That's always the exciting moment, isn't it? And sometimes the reign means to rule and to prevail and to, and, and, and to dominate and to govern with authority and all those wonderful thoughts. And, and, and it, it, it's, it's a wonderful thing because the truth is that sometimes people want to reign, but they don't want to endure. 
They want to, you know, I love it when, you know, um, uh, when all the great things break out in our life. But often the great things break out in our life is because sometimes you've been through a process of something that's led you to that point where you get the victory or you've learned to endure it to get to that point and then you reign. Very few things come in life that all of a sudden just come upon you. Even the things that you think suddenly come upon you, there's obviously been a sowing of something in your life that's brought you to that point. You know, married, good marriages don't just happen, do they? There's been a sowing of goodness into them. There's been the, you know, the things that you've worked through. You know, good relationships don't just happen. Good, good, you know, your good work ethic just doesn't happen. You learn those things. You endure through some things. And I want you to understand it's not by pure chance that you go through a period of difficulty and trial, and all of a sudden you arrive at a place of victory and overcoming. No, there's things that happen while enduring your enduring. There's things that unfold during your endurance. There's things that happen to you that changes you and transform you in the, in the process of enduring. Because if, we, if enduring didn't do anything in our life, what's the use of it? What's the use of it? If we didn't press on, Paul, Paul says to somebody, we press on towards the mark. You know, sometimes you've got to press through, haven't you? Sometimes you've got to press past the past, put it behind you and move forward. There's a lot of things. And the enemy sometimes wants to stand like a, like a, a, a centurion or, a, or a, a, you know, one of those guards at the gate and say, you're not going past, but you're going to say, no, I'm going to push on, push on and press on through. And I'm not going to uh, listen to anything who wants to, you know, enemy wants to stop me. Um, and so in that, in that process of, in, of enduring, there's things that happen in our life. And I wonder if I could just share with you a couple of those things tonight that I think would be a great encouragement to us. Because, and it's simple thoughts, but they've got some profound things about them. And the, and the thing that I find that what happens is there's a verse in the Bible, James 1, 2, and 4. My apologies for not having it on the screen, but let me read it to you. Consider it pure joy, James says, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces... Endurance. Let endurance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That last word there, that last verse, it says mature. And, and, and what it's talking about is you becoming a better person. That's the simplest way I can say. You know, when we endure, we become better people. Uh, and, you know, can I share something here? I've discovered going through difficult times does not make you a better person. Okay? Going through difficult times doesn't make you a better person, obviously, because some people going through difficult times opt out and allow things to overcome them and they get twisted and they get bitter and they get cynical and they get hurt and they get all frustrated and angry. And so going through difficult times doesn't necessarily make you a better person, but enduring through difficult times makes you a better person. There's a difference, do you know? And, 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 and that's, what, that's what Paul was saying to Timothy. Come on, you know, he says, if you endure, that's what James is saying here. He's saying the same thing. If you endure, endurance, finish its work. Don't opt out of when you're going through something. Don't opt out. Don't say, I've had enough. I can't stand this anymore. No, no, it's time to push through because sometimes the answers might be just around the corner. Or the future might be just there. And it's just a matter of just continuing. So endurance produces something. It produces something in our lives that makes us better people, enduring through difficult times. 
And, you know, it's not a time to slide out of the picture and say, I've had enough and, and walk away. Hey, you know, if you're facing something tonight, God says, come on, come on, we can do this together. You know, we don't walk alone. Our God is able to walk with us. Uh, the difficulty alone will not make you a better person, but enduring, pressing on, not giving up on your faith, being willing to learn from the difficulty, being willing, you know, being willing to do the little stuff, like just willing to forgive, being willing to give thanks in all circumstances, being willing to pray for those who hurt you, being, keep on loving God and loving life, keep on being in that place of fellowship in the, in the local body of Christ, wherever that may be for you, but keeping on, just in, they're the things that just bring endurance in your life. And you may say, well, how important is this endurance really? I tell you what, your whole life is about endurance. No mother here this evening said at six months, I've had enough. I don't want this baby. I want this baby out or I'm giving up. There was no option. You're a result of endurance. Even the birthing process. It's not like the mother, you know, said, well, forget it. I'm going home. No, you could have had the baby before you go home. So, you know, life, you were born because of Endurance. Your life is a process. And it's not time to give up, but it's time to push forward. It's time. James says, count it all joy when you encounter problems. Oh, how encouraging is that? <laughs> count it all joy. Sure, that's easy for you to say. He said it a thousand years ago. How can we, you know? But the, but the truth is, the path, the path to joy um, is not, doesn't need to be determined by what problems you have because the reality is some people have a false belief that life should never have problems and, and that's the only way you can have joy. No, you can have joy. You can have a smile on your face and it doesn't have to be fake or false in the midst of some of the things you face because we have an enduring heart about that God's not going to leave us stranded. Amen. You, we can have confidence and joy in the midst of that. And, and joy isn't always ha-ha, happy, happy and everything's going. No, joy can be this thing in your heart that just Hey, confidence, confidence that God is able. And, um, you know, in the, in, and you can't change the circumstances in your life, but you can surely change how you respond to the circumstances. Can we have a little bit of love here tonight? It's just, it's, <laughs> just need to feel the love here. <laughs> Thank you. Where have you been? You came back here. See, so you've got to choose to be joyful. And, and, and James, he says, come on. He says, you know, count it all joy. Let it, you know, count it all joy. Um, boy, and it's, it's not an unreal suggestion. It's a great thing. In God, it's possible. And I'm, I'm not sure that, you know, the truth is, I'm not sure that God wanted me to face all the difficult things I've faced. I'm really not sure. Because I think sometimes I've been the master of my own destiny. That's the reality. And, and you know, and... And if I didn't make that decision, I wouldn't have had the problem. But I'm glad that I serve a God who can turn the valleys into mountains. Um, I'm just glad he can take our worst times and bring some good out of it. And I'm glad that God's promises are still true. And he doesn't leave me or desert me, even though I made a bad decision. That's the God we serve. And I'm glad that he still makes all things work together for good, even though all things are not good at the time. So I'm thankful I, um, I'm thankful. You know, I was, 
I was reminded this, this weekend, I, I turned on the television literally for only about 20 minutes and watched some of the Australian Golf Open. I don't know, who won it? Did someone win it? I guess I didn't. Who was it? Does anybody? No one watches it, that's okay. Greg Norman? That rings a bell. Is he still playing? Yeah. But I was reminded that, you know, when they used to play golf, how many decades or centuries ago, they played with a very smooth round ball. And, and, and then when they found one day, someone come across the fact that when you rough that little ball up enough, it actually flies further. And they thought, how does that happen? And the aerodynamics of it, we're not going to go into that tonight, but the reality is, is when you rough the golf ball up and it's not smooth, it flies further because it hasn't got so much resistance. Something keeps it going further. And so now they put dimples in golf balls. Isn't that what they do? I'm not a master of golf, believe me, but that's what they tell me. So having rough spots in life can only serve to make you go the distance. Sometimes. So, 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 enduring just helps you be better people if you can grab that. Here's the, here's the second thing that I love about enduring. You develop a deeper trust in God in those times. Because Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, you know that verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart. He's know it off by heart. Um, lean not in your own understanding. All you always acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. It's still true. It still is true. And sometimes I've got to remind myself about that verse because I write it on birthday cards and I get so used to reading it and I get so used to quoting it, I've got to come back and say, what does it actually say? I need to meditate it upon it again. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you can read the Bible and you get so, well, yeah, I know that. No, we need, do we really know it? But it says trust. And many people struggle when they're going through difficulty is because it just doesn't make sense when you're going through the difficulty. Have you ever gone through something and asked yourself, why did this happen? God, why did this happen? Why? You know, here's a thought. It's easy to depend on your own understanding when the situation is easy enough to understand. But when it's not easy to understand, then you've got to depend on something else. And I'm just glad that we have an incredible God that says we can trust him in those times because I cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel. I cannot see the doorway. I can give me another metaphor, but I can't see it happening. The truth is, it's just, it's just blank. And I'm thinking, what is the answer? Where am I going? But I want to tell you, that's the time when we can't trust in our understanding and we've got to trust in him. That's the time. So God... And I want to tell you he's trustworthy. Because even in 2 Timothy there, we read, he will not disown us. He is faithful. Even if we are faithful, not faithful, he cannot disown us. He will be faithful to us. Even when I say, God, well, I don't literally, but I kind of walk away and do my own thing. He says, I'm still here. I'm still faithful to you. Endurance will help you go to greater levels of trust. Simple as that. Endurance comes not by understanding what you're going through, but understanding the God who is helping you go through it. I don't understand what I'm going through, but I can understand. I want to understand the God who helps me go through it. And you, when you can't manipulate the situation, you can't buy your way out of it, you haven't got the answers, you're stuck, humanly speaking, you try desperately to fix it, and that's the time when you say, God, I've got to trust you. 
but it can be trusted. And so in the time of enduring, you learn to go to deeper levels of trust. And I think it's a great thing. Your, your relationship with God can actually grow. No wonder, why do you think persecuted Christians around the world flourish more and see more people wander Christ in persecuted countries than in the Western country where there's no persecution? It's because they haven't got anybody else to trust but God. And when they trust God and they put the, their lives in the hands of God, God is able to work incredible work. God is able to do amazing things. And when you're desperately trying to fix it yourself, I think there's a signal for you to stop using reason and learn to, learn to start to trust him with all of your heart. Start to trust him with all of your heart. There's another thing, and we'll end with this last thought. What happens in the time of endurance is not only that we go to deeper levels of trust, and not only, uh, what was the first one? That we become better people. But there's a third thought I just was contemplating. We learn, you know, in those times of endurance, we've got to learn to hold our nerve. And I'll explain what I mean. Often between the promise of God and the breakthrough, you're enduring and you haven't yet rained, not raining, but you're enduring. It's a time delay and it's a, and it's a waiting time. And between the promise of what you want, you know, the question, the prayer you've made and the breakthrough and the answer to that, there's a whole period of time. Now, it's, I don't know how long it is. It could be a day. Usually it's a bit longer than that. It could be a week. It could be a year. It could be something of part, a good part of your lifetime. I'm not quite sure. For some things, I know you're sitting there and you're saying, don't let it be a lifetime. I want to see the answer soon. But there is an enduring time. There's a delay time. And I love the promise times. I love this end of the scale where all the promises come true and all the blessings flow and all the good things happen. And, and that's wonderful. Um, and I love the miracles and all that. And I want more of that. But the truth is, what do you do in the time in between? Well, you've got to hold your nerve. Don't give up. It's time to continue to endure. It's time to say, God... I'm trusting you. It's time to hang on to the promise and continue to look to him. And you know, in the time of, in the, time of the enduring, don't continually be looking for the answers, just looking to him. And you know, you'll be surprised. The answer might come a lot sooner than you think when you get your eyes off the problem and on him. You know, and maybe tonight you could address, you could maybe relate to this and you could say, well, I thought God, you told me to go to Bible college. Well, he did. Well, where's the money? I don't know, but hold your nerve. You might say, I thought God was for you. My, God's your will for my wife or my husband to come to you or my child to come to you or my whatever it may be. Yes, it is. And you say, but it hasn't happened. When's it going to happen? I don't know, but hold your nerve. You know, I, I thought God was going to heal me. When's, he gonna, when's that going to happen? I don't know, but just hold your nerve. <laughs> I thought my child was going to come to God. Yes, they are, but when? I don't know, but just hold. Whatever you want to put in there, whatever situation holds your nerve in other words don't run this is not the time to run it's time to continue to uh, run into not away from our heavenly father James puts it so well he says but when you ask he says you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like the wave of a sea blown and tossed by the wind and that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord because a person like that is double-minded and a bit unstable. And that's pretty strong words, isn't it? But the reality is in those times, I think, you know, we do. We can, we can oh, God, when? And we waver and say, but, you know, it's not a time to pack up shop and run. It's a time to believe. And if you ask, believe and don't doubt. And have you, you know, have you ever wondered why your life sometimes can be in the midst of an unstable time? You know, I want to tell you this. You know, to be honest, life is always unstable. It's just how you see your life that makes it 
It's your perception. You can have everything going everywhere, but you know you can have peace in the midst of everything going everywhere because it's your perception and your trust in how much of God you've got a hold of in the middle of that. Some people say, I'm just waiting for the better day. No, this is as good as it gets. Enjoy the moment. It's great. Yeah, but you know, all this is happening and this is... No, no, no. It's a great day to serve the Lord. Don't let someone steal your joy from today. Don't let someone take what you... You know, it's a great day. You know, I'm just waiting for the pot of gold. No, don't worry for the pot of gold. Enjoy what you got today. It's not a better day today. And you make it the better day in many ways. And your attitude and perception and the way you live life, you're the one who in many ways determines how you're going to have it, what outlook you're going to have in life. So, and sometimes life is, seems unstable, but it's really... Um, you're, the truth may be in that everything's gone everywhere. You're just right smack in the middle of between a promise and a breakthrough. And that's okay. Keep on hanging in there. Um, um, we need to, you know, be aware of that. Don't waver between the promise and the breakthrough. Don't make, don't. You have to make up your mind. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to spend. I'm just going to believe. Uh, don't be double-minded at these times. Um, you know, you know, for many years, and I know some of you heard this story. For many years, I just believed for my mother's salvation. And um, you know, over the years, I, I put a. Bible in the kitchen on the bench and I'd put tracks in the house and she'd get angry with me and she'd um, say what do you you know she'd get angry because she thought that I thought she wasn't a Christian and I knew she wasn't a Christian she, just that she didn't know she wasn't a Christian does that make sense um, so and I know she needed to commit her heart to Jesus that's what she needed she believed she just needed and so about one day one day many many years um, I said to her, do you want to commit your life to Jesus? And after originally getting upset with me, within about 15 minutes, she broke into tears and said yes. And I led her to Jesus. And she's continued to love God and serve God. And I'm just so proud of her and I love her so much. But you know, it was many years. My dad, my goodness, I didn't get to pray for him until about two months before his death. But he wanted me to pray for him. And he said, yes. I said, do you believe that prayer? And he said, yes. And I thought, well, that's as good. If the thief on the cross can just have a glance, surely my dad can go, yes, and he'd be accepted. You know, but it took many years. And sometimes, don't give up praying, don't give up believing, but casting your cares upon him, for he cares for you. We've got to, you know, sometimes we've just got to endure, endure. And, and continue to remember that uh, hold your nerve in these times. It's not time to run. Can I have the musicians come, please? If there was ever... And while the musicians are coming, those who are just taking up communion, could you come and... Um, we're going to have communion tonight. I think it's a great thing to do. Could you come and just distribute the emblems while people are seated there? That would be great. There's, there's a passage in the Bible, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. You just listen to this. Just listen and receive at the same time. 
Hebrews chapter 12, 1 to 2. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance. There we go. The race that is set before us. Looking at the problem? No. Looking at even the finish line? No. Just looking unto Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was, listen to this, for the joy that was set before him, what joy? He could see he'd be one day seated with his Father in heaven. For the joy, for that joy, he endured the what? The cross. He endured the cross. He went through it. He despised the shame and has sat down now right at the right hand of the throne of God. In other words, he endured the cross and he didn't consider, he knew that it was a lot of shame. He knew the torment that he went through and was going to go through before he went to the cross. I'm just glad Jesus didn't get halfway down you know, the path carrying the cross to Golgotha and say, I've had enough. <laughs> I'm out of here. This is too much. I'm just glad he went all the way for us. He endured the cross. And then he enjoyed the victory of that. It wasn't an easy thing for Jesus Christ. There was one point, if you remember, that he actually even asked his dad whether it was possible for him to take this cup of suffering from him. And yet he knew that wasn't possible, but in his, the human part of him said if it's possible. But then he said, God, not my will, but your will be done. And you know, tonight, as you take your, um, the grape juice, it represents tonight. It's not the blood of Christ. It represents the blood of Christ. And as you take that piece of biscuit tonight, it's not the body of Christ, but it represents the body of Christ. Could you just for a moment consider what he went through for us? Because ultimately, his death meant our victory. His pain meant our gain. His shame meant that we didn't have to go through shame. His blood poured out meant forgiveness for us from our past and sin. So he went through all of that. And that cup, and if there's anything that cup and that biscuit represents or not, it, it represents the enduring power of Jesus Christ. And if he went all the way, why can't we? Why what can't we? Be found faithful to the end, whenever the end may come. To that last, whether it's our life finishes or Jesus returns. May we be, this, be someone who stands strong and realizes what Christ has done. Because it says, Paul actually says in 1 Corinthians, he says, For I received from the Lord what I pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed by Judas Iscariot, he took bread and went, and remember, Paul wasn't even there, but he's writing this now, years later. And he said, when he had given thanks, he broke the bread and he said, you know what? This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me, because his body was broken. And in the same way, after they'd had supper or eaten, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant or the new promise in my blood. Do this, drink this, whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. What would Christ want us to remember about him tonight? He wanted, I think he'd want to remember that he endured it all for us. And if he endured it 
surely we can continue to stand strong and endure and keep on pushing through. I've not yet faced death for my belief. And I'd like to think if I did that I would endure and I would come through. But I'm just thankful Jesus did. I'm just thankful Jesus did. So tonight, could you take... Let's, let me just pray. That cup, that body represents his blood and the biscuit represents his body. Father, tonight we would want to thank you for the reality of Jesus Christ. Um, you endured the cross, you despised the shame, and you kept on going. You went through with it. You didn't pull out. Thank you. <laughs> We're here tonight because you didn't pull out. You gave us a hope and a future. Someone had to pay the penalty for our sin. You did. Thank you. We appreciate that. Your body was broken. Your blood was shed. And tonight we say thank you. And we honor you, Lord. And God, we're human. We fail. But I'm just thankful you didn't. And we need your strength, Lord, to live for you. And as we partake tonight, we pray for your strength. In Jesus' name. So let's eat and drink in remembrance of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. The hope and the future we have because of Jesus. We just thank you tonight. We thank you for every person here, Lord. We thank you that it's not some coincidence that we end up in a service like this, but you have appointed times and you have appointed messages and and while, Father, I'm not saying my message is necessarily anything more special than any other message, Lord, I just believe you can speak and you have your way in our hearts. Father, we need you desperately. And so, again, tonight, we just commit ourselves to, into your hands. How about we just stand and we just sing this song to close tonight? That'd be brilliant. Thanks, team. You might pass those little cups to the end of the aisles and people will collect them. <laughs>